You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. Joining me is Mike Chappell via the power of the internet. And today we're going to discuss takeaways from the Colts' week one loss at Jacksonville. Mike and I will let you know if it's time to panic or if we should uh, practice some patience after week one. But first, we start with some news that's almost as disheartening as losing to the Jaguars itself. Marlon Mack is out for the season with a torn right Achilles. He suffered the injury during the first half um, of Sunday's 27-20 loss. It's obviously a big blow for the Colts, who claim they're a run-first team. Um, Mack looked great before the injury. He racked up 56 yards on seven touches, three of those being receptions. Um, even bigger loss as it is for the Colts, it's a bigger blow to Marlon Mack, who is in a contract year, working towards that next extension or new contract with another team. And now all of a sudden, Jonathan Taylor goes from being a luxury to a necessity in this Colts offense. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the loss of Mack and what it means for the Colts moving forward? Yeah, again, it's it's a major loss for the team. Uh, it was crazy that once they drafted Jonathan Taylor, people just forgot about Marlon Back, sort of. I mean, I realized backs are backs. But this is a guy, he's 24, coming off his best year. Going into his contract year, he sees all these backs getting extensions. McCaffrey and Calvin Cook, and I'm forgetting another one. Kamara, just, I think. Right. Kamara. So, so and, and now what? I mean, it, it's, it, it's just awful for him. And like you mentioned, he had over 50 yards catching, receiving, and in, in what, a quarter and a half. We kind of saw how they were going to use him this year a lot more in the passing game. And we'll see how they recoup. They said it was going to be a 1-1 running attack. Now it's a 1 it, it's a one with, with Jonathan Taylor, and we're going to see uh, how quickly he can transition from being the bell cow at Wisconsin to being the main guy here. Yeah, and uh, you know we kind of talked about on last week's show that the Colts kept Jordan Wilkins on the 53-man roster, something that was not a given given the depth they had at running back. And now it's a good thing that they did. They don't necessarily need to go out and make any additions in response to the loss of Mac, that the running back core is still pretty solid, but it's not the the huge strength that it once was. Um, another thing before we get into the game recap, um, mentioned Frank Wright taking a knee before the game. All the players stood and linked arms. Wright took a knee, and the Colts released a statement on it. I'll read it in part. It says, quote, To be clear, we are not protesting the flag, the anthem, or the men and women who wear the uniform. The timing of this action is meant to highlight that the presence, power, and oppression of racism remains inconsistent with the unity and freedom of what it means to be American. In this statement, the team went on to say, On kneeling, it is not a posture of defiance, but rather one of humility taken by the white community to acknowledge the injustice and inequality that is present and to find the courage and resolve to make the changes needed. Um Mike, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this. Colts making a statement. They want equality. They want everyone to be treated fairly, which is not something happening in this country right now. If you still think that this is about the flag, I mean, you, you haven't been paying attention. Um, Mike, do you have any more to say on this? No, Frank made it very clear that, you know, his part in this was it is sort of a, a, as a white leader. 
uh, to really show what he can do, and he's with the team. And what's important moving forward, and, and again, the, the team in Wright has is, is what do you do now? What do you do in the community? What are your actions? And the Colts have always been a team very active in the community, very active in trying to bring groups together. Uh, and we're going to see that moving forward. I think it's going to be very visible. But this is something they've done in the past. It may be more directed towards law enforcement and communities now, but this team, I would almost say they've been out in the forefront of this, and we're going to see this, this moving forward. Absolutely. This is not something that's just going to go away. Um, diving now into the actual game, recap the game. The Colts were heavy favorites entering the week. Um, you know, the big additions of Phillip Rivers, DeForest Buckner, exciting rookies like Taylor and Pittman. The fam- fan base was amped up for what the Colts could be this season. Uh, we all, you, me, and Dave on the Colts Blue Zone podcast, picked the Colts to win. Um, I think you and I picked them to win by multiple scores. Dave said that was a little much. and. He ended up being uh, right about that one. Uh, the first drive looked great. Seven plays, 63 yards, capped off by a, one of Naheem Hines' two touchdowns on the day. The second dri- drive, again, started great. Seven plays, 64 yards. But then Naheem Hines was stuffed on fourth and one from the Jaguars' three-yard line. Mike, I want your thoughts on the decision to go for it and the play call itself to run your smallest running back up the middle. I, I'm okay going for it. They're trying to be aggressive. They're trying to sort of set the tone. This happened a couple of years ago. Remember the six to nothing loss where they got in there and came over with nothing. But this is one if, and we've talked about it. I don't know if we've overblown it, but you're supposed to have one of the best offensive lines in the league. You've got a, a two-time all-pro left guard, and you run behind the left guard, and it doesn't work. Uh, maybe – you want Marlon Mack in there at the time? I don't know. Hines has had some some decent success inside. But if you can't get a yard behind that line. Now, one thing that I've never liked, I've never favored, is in short yardage, the Colts on a lot of teams, they just bunch it up there, bring in tight ends and an extra lineman. And it's just so tight in there. I, I guess fourth and one, you're going to do that, but I've always liked to spread it out a little bit and, and give that running back just a chance to find all you need is a crease. Uh, but I didn't mind it. Now, of course, in hindsight, you say do something else. But there were a lot of occasions where short, short yardage just didn't work. Jonathan Taylor had a couple of situations. And if you're going to ride this offensive line, if it's going to be what you need it to be, not what we say it is what you need it to be, uh, you they've got to be better. And we can talk about it later, but 22 rush attempts, that's not going to cut it. Uh, again, they, they were seventh in the league last year by being committed to the run game. I mean, just running the ball, run the damn ball. And we didn't see that yesterday with the quarterback throwing 40-some 40 40 passes. I know it's one game, but that can't be the trend moving forward. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I got to say, I don't have a problem with the decision to go for it. I like the aggressiveness. And had Hines gotten that one yard, it could have been 14 nothing, and this could be a completely different ball game. Um, you know, the very next drive, things did not get better. Phillip Rivers forced a pass to T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he wasn't even close to be open. That set the Jaguars up at the Colts 27, and they scored a touchdown on that play. That was the exact kind of play that as a Colts fan, you're kind of hoping you wouldn't see out of Phillip Rivers this year where he just kind of tosses it up and 
hope something good happens. Um, and yet that's what we got. The Colts did respond, though, with an 11-play, 75-yard drive that ended with an 8-yard touchdown pass to Naeem Hines. Uh, the Jaguars answered with their own 70-plus-yard touchdown drive. Um, Rivers was able to lead the team for a field goal before the half. My boy Rigoberto got his first field goal right down the middle twice because they called a timeout on it. Um, so I was pretty happy about that one. But then the second half was just pretty ugly if you're a Colts fan. Um, the Colts would score just three more points. Blankenship was one of two on field goal attempts in the second half. His miss was from 30 yards. It looked like it may have been tipped. It was kind of hard to see. Either way, 30 yards out, that's a kick you need to make. Um, Rivers intercepted in the fourth quarter, his second interception of the day. He just stared down Paris Campbell, the safety, read it all the way, and uh, took it to the Colts 31, which gave the set the Jaguars up for a field goal. Uh, Jaguars at this point up 27 to 20. Colts have a chance with under three minutes to go, and they make it to Jacksonville's 26. And then the drive stalls with three straight incompletions. T.Y. Hilton could not hang on to a fourth down pass with rookie cornerback C.J. Henderson all over him. Uh, it's a catch T.Y. usually makes. It's not an easy catch uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And C.J. Henderson, for a rookie cornerback, played a great first game. I mean, he played really well. Um, afterwards, T.Y. said, I lost the game, two drops, never should have happened. Um, T.Y. finished with four catches for 54 yards and nine targets, which tied Paris Campbell for the most targets um, of any Colt. Mike, you know, the Colts have now lost seven straight openers, 10 of their last 11, eight straight of their openers on the road, and six straight road games to the Jaguars. What's just your overall reaction to this game and how the Colts performed and what it means for them moving forward? Well, they've obviously come back from opening losses before and made the playoffs. I mean, last year they're, they lose and they go five and two before the wheels came off. But th- this uh, this seems different. It's it seems more troubling because of, because of all the hype. Maybe yeah, maybe those of us in the media are guilty of overhyping this team. But but even nationally, that this people looked at this as a team contend for the AFC South, which they still probably will in playoffs and all that. But my concerns is so many of the question marks I had going into the season are still there. Is is Rivers that guy? Well, he did nothing yesterday to I mean to tell you yes. You know, for all the yards, what was it, 363? Interceptions just kill you. They just kill you. The offensive line, you you, you need to be a strength, and when it needed to be, it wasn't. T.Y. Hilton needs to have that big bounce back season. You know, I'm not. Yesterday wasn't injuries, but your four-time Pro Bowl receiver has got to make those catches. He dropped the one earlier on on second down. So you've got to make. Maybe they don't go down and score. I don't know. But that guy, your best players have to give you a chance to do that. And we've not talked about the defense yet, and holy smokes, it, it's crazy. I went and looked, and this is the number two ranked defense in the NFL by yards. It was a 240 yards, and Minshew goes 19 for 20. We're not talking Drew Brees for crying out loud. What was he, 29 or 30? But but you just get it, – it's tough to get pressure – when, when they're doing the quick drops and the quick throws, short drops and the quick throws, but then play tighter uh, in coverage. 
and don't make this a seven on seven game. And and there were a couple just blown, just blown. The one, the game winner that was at Cole, I think it was, where I think Xavier Rhodes peaked in the backfield, which leaves him five yards behind. Somebody needs to explain to me why any cornerback ever peaks in the backfield for run support. What are you going to do? You're going to keep a five-yard run from, you know, to 10 yards? Your job is primarily cover and then run support. Uh, You you can't have breakdowns like they had. Yeah, Rhodes did not look particularly good in this game. Uh, One guy on the defense who did look good is Danique. Danico Autry had a couple sacks, and he looked pretty good at that left defensive end spot. Um, Justin Houston, Kari Willis each got a sack as well. Uh, Buckner in his Colts debut, one and a half tackles for a loss, although he didn't really make a huge impact on the game. Leonard racked up nine tackles, but he as well didn't have that big impact, that play, that forced fumble, interception, whatever it is that changes the game. Really, there wasn't a lot of game-changing plays on defense altogether, and I understand they kept them the few yards and 27 points. Well, when, you know, the Jaguars are getting the ball at your own 30 or inside your own 30 twice. I mean, the 27, when you take that into account, isn't as bad, but the defense was just okay. It it didn't, you know, it didn't look like it's strength. It looked just okay. And if the offense is going to turn the ball over like it is, it's not a formula for success. Um, a, A couple positives. We've kind of been ragging on this game. You know, I found some. I thought Paris Campbell looked very good. There you go. There's one. I thought Paris Campbell looked good. Six catches for a team high, 71 yards through the air. Could have had a lot more. I remember one pass in particular. um, Rivers got hit right before he threw it, but he he was open in the end zone on a 30 to 40 yard pass near the end of the game. It could have been a lot bigger day for Paris Campbell, who consistently got separation. I thought Jonathan Taylor looked really good um, in the passing game. Uh, That's where he did most of his damage, six catches for 60-plus yards, something that was kind of a question mark because he wasn't asked to do it a lot coming out of Wisconsin. And it looks like he will be asked to do a lot in Indianapolis. The Colts targeted running back 17 times. Uh, Naheem Hines saw eight of them, Taylor six, and the Mac had three targets before the injury. So it seems like getting the ball to their running backs in the passing game is going to be an emphasis. What we need to see is, is that emphasis on, on dumping the ball off, not just dumping, but there, there were some nice plays out of the backfield. Is that going to kind of compensate for, for fewer runs? You know, sometimes those short passing games, they say it's like an extended handoff, but well, that's fine, but, but, but you're not pounding at people. So are we going to see more, more, uh, Emphasis on the passing game with backs and less rushing. I don't know. Uh, not to be a downer again, but names that jumped out at me. Bobby Okariki had one tackle. And I think I had Tyquan Lewis for just 12 plays. And he was a star of training camps. So again, it's, it's one game, so let's not knee-jerk you know, on things. But I expected T- Tyquan Lewis to play more in that rotation. There were some times I thought in uh, – in their nickel with their nickel rush, they had Grover Stewart instead of Tyquan Lewis, which surprised me. But uh, yeah, I, it, it's you can and again you can find some positives. You can, but when you when you are who you think you you are, what who you need to be, playing against a team that got rid of its 
so many, you know, top end players. Uh, this to me, it sets you back and it really puts emphasis on Sunday against Minnesota. Owen two. I mean, then we're talking doomsday scenarios from a lot of people around here, but, uh, this is not the kind of opener you wanted because I, I do think, yes, these are seven week or seven game, seven day cycles on games. But if you don't come out and put this behind you in a hurry, things can snowball on you. Hope that's not the case here. Yeah. What do you think? You know, we'll, we'll talk a lot more about this on Thursday as we preview the game against Minnesota. But uh, as far as the offense and Phillip Rivers, I mean, 46 passes to 22 runs is simply not the formula for this football team to work. I mean, Frank Wright said it, and we in the media said it as well. The Colts are not going to ask Rivers to throw the ball 50 times. They're going to ask him to throw it 20 to 30 times, and they're going to lean on the run game. That didn't happen at all in week one, and it's not like the Colts were trailing and had to play catch-up. I mean, they had the game script to run the damn ball if they wanted to. Do you think this is Frank Wright just getting a little too excited about getting his quarterback back? Do you think this is them trying to get Rivers' feet wet? I mean, he spread the ball around a lot. What was it, eight different receivers? Nine receivers. Nine different receivers. So, I mean, hopefully this is a lesson learned for the Colts. Hey, we went out and did an offensive game plan that was the opposite of what we've been saying we're going to do. Let's get back to running the ball. I know we're down Marlon Mack, but we have a very talented rookie. Um, if, if the Colts are going to win, in my opinion, they need to maybe split Rivers' pass attempts in half and have those be runs instead. That's just me. What about you, Mike? Yeah, first half, when you're sort of in control of things, 25 plays or 35 plays, 10 rushes. I mean, 10 rushes. Now, at the end, the end it, it, they had a six-play drive for the field goal, so it skewed it a little bit. But it's it's just not enough for a team that, that wants to run the ball, who says it's going to run the ball. We'll talk to Frank later today, and what I really want to find out is how much do they consider these, what was it, 17 or 18 passes to the running backs? How much do they consider that part of the running game? Which, which I, I guess, bottom line, it, it doesn't matter how you get your yards, but you, part of your mentality is establishing your offensive line, and again, Three or four times when they really, really had to bow up and get a yard. I mean, just get a yard. They couldn't do it. So uh, I, I think there are going to be a lot of uh, angry linemen in that room uh, this week. And, uh, and I, the line's not going to come out to Frank and say, hey, let's run the ball a little bit more, coach. But they, they need to run the ball more, be more committed to it. And whether that changes with that, Mac, I don't know. Uh, I'm curious who does this impact more, Naheem Hines as a runner or Jordan Wilkins as a runner? Because in the past, Wilkins has been that guy. He's been the guy that, that when a guy, when Mac was out or whatever, he generally got the start. Jonathan Williams for a couple of, for a game or two, but Hines has been more of that change-up guy. Whether they go back to more of a Taylor Wilkins or Taylor Hines, I'm really curious to find out. Yeah, we'll have to see next week. I think the one thing, you know, the last question I have on the rundown here is time for panic or patience. Um, It's just week one, so I'm going to say it's time for patience. There's a lot of new parts. I mean, a new quarterback, for crying out loud. It's going to take some time for him 
to get in sync with his receivers. We already said no shortened off season, no preseason. I mean, this is really the first go at it for everybody. Um, Jacksonville just made less mistakes, but I think even Jaguars fans will tell you that the Colts were the more talented team and they just let this one slip away. They let, you know, if the Jaguars went out there and dominated and just looked like the better team all around, that would be more concerning to me than the Colts going out there and kind of letting this one slip away. But having the talent, like they look like the better team through most of the game. They just made a few boneheaded mistakes. Um, so I'm saying patience. What about you, Mike? I'm saying patience with with uh, reserve the right to change that if, if they go out and get steamrolled on Sunday. The, the concern I have, again, is w- when your main players are the ones that make the mistakes, you're, you, you, it's a reason for concern. Third down passing, R- Rivers was 7 of 12, 90 yards. Two interceptions were on third down, as was the touchdown. And T.Y. makes the two drops at the end. And again, who knows if they end up scoring. And the kicker misses a 30-yard field goal. I'll go back and see if it was if it was tipped or not. But this isn't a team that, that – this is a better team than last year, I believe. I really believe that. But you still can't leave, be leaving points on the field. Fourth and one. Who knows at 14 to nothing what happens in that game. And, and, and you just can't leave points on the field like they did. I never thought this was a 12-win te- team. I thought it was 9-10, and we'll see. But in my mind now, they've got to find a game to steal that maybe you know later on that maybe you didn't anticipate. Because, again, if you're going to be who you want to be relevant in, the, in December, this is a game you had to have. So I'm not panicking, but my anxiety level is up just a little bit. Yeah, I'd agree with that. If uh, if the Colts lose again on Sunday, I mean, that just puts all the pressure for this game against the Vikings. Now, all of a sudden, you start the season 0-2. At that point, it's about time to panic. I mean, obviously not within the locker room, but you start the season 0-2, and we talked about it. The first half of the schedule is the easier portion for the Colts. It gets harder as you go later into the season, so they need to get their wins now because they have some tough matchups down the road, so... Hopefully, um, they've learned some lessons from this game. Hopefully, they'll be able to get it together a little bit. And like you said, the offensive line will, uh, you know, be angry out there against the Vikings, who gave up a ton of points to the Packers, uh, a Packers team who does, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. Other than that, not a lot of firepower. So, so we'll see. Um, we'll preview that game on Thursday in the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Uh, Dave Griffiths will be joining us at that time. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Roto Street Joe. You can follow Mike on Twitter at mchapel 51 Follow the podcast on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. And if you want to help us out, please leave us a rating on iTunes. Um, subscribe so that every episode goes directly to your listening device. And uh, we'll see you Thursday. 